Welcome back to the God Revelation podcast, where we are taking a verse by verse, chapter by chapter study of the book of Revelation, and where we also believe in God's word in Revelation 1 3, which says, Blessed is the one who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things which are written in it. But the time is near. So the book of Revelation, according to God's words, is a important book because if you read it, it said you will be blessed. And the time that is near, that is the time when our Lord and Savior Jesus will return to this earth for a second time to establish his reign for eternity. And we are currently in the seventh chapter of this book. On last week, we looked at chapter six. But before we get into this chapter, which is chapter seven, I want to remind you that you can catch and listen to past episodes of this podcast and our other two podcasts on our website at renewyourmindministries.org or you can find and listen to this podcast, the God Revelation podcast, as well as our two other podcasts. That's the Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God, which is a verse by verse, chapter by chapter study of the books out of the New Testament. At the time of this recording, we are in the book of John. And the third podcast is the Holy Spirit podcast, where we look at the Holy Spirit. You can catch and listen to past and future episodes on all those different mediums on any podcasting service such as iHeart, Google, Apple, Alexa, as well as any other podcasting services or on our website where you can download and listen at your convenience as you're riding to or from work as your exercise whatever the case may be those episodes are there and I would encourage you to go back if you missed any of them get caught up particularly in this book because this book is is that order to it go back and get caught up or get caught up on uh, what the previous chapters we discussed in the previous chapters and as always I would encourage you to share the podcast with others tell them about the website tell them how you've been blessed how you've been taught the word of God if it's been a blessing to you bless someone else by telling them about the podcast we encourage you to do that all right now on last week we talked in chapter six and this week we're going to get in chapter seven of the book of revelation which is the last book in the bible so before we do let's pray heavenly father in the mighty name of jesus we just lift up your holy name we thank you for being our god we thank you for your presence we thank you for your love and mercy and grace that you extend to us every day all day we thank you for your son jesus thank you jesus for offering your godly, perfect, sinless blood for our sins. We thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for your holy word, particularly the word that we're looking at today, which is in the book of Revelation. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you said we're blessed. That just the time is near. We thank you that we can be blessed by reading your word. We thank you that we can read your word. Father, we ask that you open up our eyes, our hearts, and our ears to better read your word and understand it. We give you glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 
man. Now, on the last episode, we looked at chapter six. In chapter six, we looked at the first six of the seven seals of judgment that's going to happen on this earth after the rapture. And if you missed any of those or know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the past episodes. Now, in chapter seven, we're going to have a break in those judgments because there are seven seals. The Seven seal is actually going to be discussed in the next chapter, chapter eight, which would be our next episode. Chapter seven is a, what's called a parenthetical or pause in the action between the sixth seal and the seventh seal. And so that's what's going on in chapter seven. This chapter will show even during this time of great judgment on the earth, God is still compassionate. He's still merciful and loving because God will give man another opportunity to come to salvation, particularly by the witnessing of these 144,000 Jews that are going to come to salvation and evangelize the world. And as we're going to see in this chapter, multitudes of people are going to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So even in this time, it's hard, these hard times of these judgments being poured out, all this calamity that's going to be going on that has never been seen before and according to the word of God would never be seen after, God is still a compassionate, merciful, and loving God because he could have said, well, I'm, it's over. You missed your opportunity. You missed the rapture. There's not going to be any more salvation. But yet he's still going to give people an opportunity to come and recognize and, and, and have faith and confess his son Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that he died for their sins. And many will come, but the unfortunate thing about it, also many hearts will be hardened, and they will reject, continue to reject, the free gift of salvation through grace by our Father God through the suffering and the death and burial and resurrection of his son Jesus. But this chapter shows how merciful and passionate and and loving that he is. All right, let's look at verse number one, if you will. Turn with me to the book of Revelation or open your Bible app to the book of Revelation, chapter seven. And let's look at verse number one, which reads, after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. The four angels here in this verse standing on the four corners on the earth represent God's administration of the whole earth. In case you don't know this by now, God controls this earth. He made it. He control is his and he controlled it. And so these four angels are representative of his administration of administration over the whole earth, the four corners of the world, as you if you will. The holding back of the wind represent his administration represent administration of the judgment on earth will stop for a short period of time. So they're stopping. That's what they're holding back. These judgment is this final judgment that's going to come for the great revival will occur as we will see in the rest of chapter seven, moving on to verse number two of chapter seven, the book of revelation. Then I saw another angel coming up from the East, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Moving on to chapter three for continuity. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. In these verses, we read that the ascending angel 
or the messenger speaks to the four angels mentioned in the prior verse. The one is holding about the four winds. Their role was to hold back the four winds, which is symbolic of God restraining his judgment. Because, again, we looked in the past couple of chapters of God's judgment on the earth once the church has been removed out of the earth. These four are told not to harm the earth to delay further judgment in other words the judgment is going to continue but there's going to be a pause in the action until God's servants have been sealed on their foreheads the genuine believers will receive their seal the seal of salvation from the angel of God at this point moving on to verse number four then I heard the number of those who were sealed 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel so we know that these are Jews because they mentioned the tribes of Israel these verses point reports that John, that's the writer of this book, who's witnessing these things in the spirit, heard the number of those who were sealed. And it was one hundred forty four thousand. And these hundred forty four thousand are going to come from the tribes of Israel, which mean they're Jewish. They comprise a remnant of Jews who become believers in the tribulation and proclaim the gospel, the good gospel of Jesus Christ as being Lord and Savior and forgiveness through his sacrifice of his blood throughout the world during that time this gospel is the good news of jesus and his kingdom is imminent moving on to verse number five in revelation chapter seven from the tribe of judah twelve thousand were sealed from the tribe of reuben twelve thousand from the tribe of gad twelve thousand judas probably mentioned first because jesus is from the tribe of judah from the tribe of judah Revelation number six, from the tribe of Asher, 12,000, from Nephtali, 12,000, from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000, Revelation seven, from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000, from the tribe of Levi, 12,000, from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, Revelation seven, eight, from the tribe of Zebulon, 12,000, from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000, and from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. So these last couple of verses show us where the 144,000 who will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to millions, and those millions will come to salvation as a result, come from these various tribes of 12,000. Moving on to verse number nine in Revelation chapter seven. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm trees in their hands. When it says after this in verse number nine it's referring to after the 144 Jews have evangelized the world, preaching and teaching Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Multitudes, as we're going to see it, what we saw in that verse, are going to come to salvation. There's an in number amount or number of Jews and Gentiles who will come to salvation during this terrible time of tribulation. They represent, as the verse said, every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language. This is important. There's a report and reminder that all people are precious to God. There's no white God. There's no white, black God. God cares about all people, and he's offered salvation, as the verse said, to all nations, all tribes, all people, all languages through the evangelism of that 144,000 Jews are going to come to salvation. No race, ethnicity, or background is going to be exempt from his love and from this salvation during this time. And even now, and even now, 
But these are individuals also going to be martyrs. They're going to be killed during the tribulation because of their confession and belief in Jesus Christ. Because we're going to see that the Antichrist is during this time is going to be in control. And he's in his world, a uh, world controlled by him. There is no room for confessing believers. Those who we will see eventually, they will not take the mark of the beast. They're going to be killed. Uh, that's why we're seeing these individuals appear before the throne because of their confession in Jesus Christ during this time of tribulation. Ultimately, it's a death sentence. Many of them will be killed because of their confession of and belief of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the next verse, verse number 10. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. The multitudes that we saw in verse number nine recognize the source of their salvation. And their victory is by God offering his only begotten son, Jesus, the lamb, as their perfect substitute. He took their place as well. Just like he took our place, he took their place. He took all those who believe in him place. We should have been on that cross. It should have been us because we the ones who had sinned. We are the ones who have rebelled against God. Jesus did not. He was perfect in every way. That's what made him the perfect sacrifice. Only he could have done it. So salvation belongs to him who sits on the throne, which is Jesus. Jesus took our penalty on the cross and freed us from the penalty of sin. Moving on to verse number 11, chapter 7. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. Verse number 12, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And what we're describing here is, again, the chapter opened by the four angels who are administering the judgments, God's judgment on the earth. They're pausing here. And the 144,000 Jews have evangelized the world and the multitudes and millions of people have come to Christ. And then all of a sudden these multitudes appeared in the throne. So we're, John is now describing the scene where they appeared in the throne uh, at the throne of God after they had been martyred during this time. And so that's what John is, is, is describing here, that the, the throne of God in heaven while the calamity is still going on on earth. And so these verses, these this verses we just read, verses 11 and 12, paint a picture of universal worship in heaven of our great God and our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you. In response to the multitude declaring that salvation belongs to our sovereign God and lamb, all the angels around God's throne and all the elders and the four living creatures, they lay before him and worship him and give him praise and adoration, which he's so deserving of which we should give now that he would have given his only begotten son, even before we ratchet out of this place, that he would give his only begotten son for us, a free gift, nothing we could ever earn, not worthy of, but he did it. Hallelujah. We should give him adoration. We should give him the honor because he's a great God, a God of mercy, a God of grace. A God that would give his only begotten son, not to die, who was beaten. The words that he was beaten to the point he was not, he couldn't even be recognized as a man. Humiliated, spit on, slapped, 
beard pulled, pulled out. Thorns, crown of thorns on his head, nailed on that cross with nails hanging there, humiliated. He did that for us. How worthy is he when he didn't have to do it? Hallelujah. Moving on to verse number 13. Revelation chapter 7, verse 13. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? Talking to John, the writer of this book. In this verse, one of the elders in heaven asked the apostle John the identities of this innumerable multitude that just showed up in heaven. The elder here refers to the multitude's white robes. And he asked John, Specifically, where did they come from? This is yet another scriptural example of a figure asking a question when they, in fact, already know the answer. So, in other words, when this elder is asking John where did they come from, he's not asking John because he needs the knowledge. He's asking the proper response from John. And John gives that response in verses number 14. In verse number 14, I answered, this is John speaking, Sir, you know. He said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. And, and, and when it says, and he said, referring to the elder saying this to John, according to this verse, John answered the elderly, the elder wisely. He did not know the identity of these multitudes with the white robes who showed up out of nowhere. He didn't know who these individuals were. So he simply says, sir, you know, the elder informed John that the multitudes came out of the great tribulation. Those things that he's just been watching on earth, they came out of that because they had been martyred, killed for confessing and believing Jesus. That's why they had been washed in the blood of the lamb. Moving on to verse number 17, excuse me, 15 out of chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. Therefore. They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Because God is dwelling among them. The suffering they have, have endured under the end of Christ is gone. Because you got to remember these people went through those first six judgments. They went through, they've gone through a lot. And go back and, re, go back and listen to those past episodes. They've gone, the earth and humanity as a whole has gone through a lot. They have gone through a lot. The suffering has now ended. They are in a position before God's throne and they're privileged to serve him continually as we all are. Let's look at verse number 16, Revelation chapter 7. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun would not beat down on them nor any scorch, nor any scorching heat. As I said before, many of these believers were executed. Even prior to their execution because of their belief in Jesus Christ, they went hungry. We talked about the scarcity of food. They were thirsty because the water going to be contaminated during the Great Tribulation. They're going to go through all this suffering. For many of God's judgment during the Tribulation would include extreme environmental effects on the people of the earth during that time. So that's why it's referencing not uh, the sun not beating down on them, not being scorching heat anymore because the earth atmosphere is just going to change because all these calamitous things are going to be going on due to the judgment of God. 
survival was is going to be extremely hard during that time. Shortages of food, good clean drinking water. However, this verse tells us that these believers entered Jesus' kingdom. Their hunger and their thirst were in. They would no longer experience sunburn or be scorched by the heat because of the change in the atmosphere and the earth because of all those things that are going to be going on. From this point on, the people of God will enjoy the presence of God, the peace of God, the suffering, the headaches, the abuse of an ungodly world will be finished for them because they will be with their Lord and Savior, their God, Jesus. And then finally, verse number 17 of this chapter. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hallelujah. God will wipe away the survivor's tears. You can only imagine during that time when you read the prior judgments, what we're going, what's going to be going on, on this earth and to survive that and eventually come to salvation, to have that second chance. The lamb, that's Jesus, will be, according to this verse, and is their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water. Perhaps this living water, this verse alludes to, is a river that Ezekiel saw flowing from the millennial temple. Look at Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 1 wherever that river flowed everything lived Ezekiel 47 verses 8 through 9 these martyrs these survivors will understand by personal experience what the psalmist David wrote in Psalms 23 verses 1 through 3 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. Thank you, Father God. That c- concludes chapter 7. In the next episode, we'll pick up chapter 8, where we'll look at the next judgment that's going to fall, befall upon this earth, as the earth is going to be judged Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you that you will wipe away every tear. Thank you that we'll never go hungry and thirst again. Thank you for your abundance of compassion, love, mercy, and grace. But thank you for most of all for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid our penalty, that you took our place. We thank you and we praise you for it. We lift up your holy name. We acknowledge you. We confess you. We thank you in your name. We pray and give thanks. Amen and amen. Until next time.